Good morning and welcome to First Baptist Church, Sun City West. What a great song to begin our service with. And I hope and pray that you are ready to worship Almighty God today. Uh, for all our dads out there, happy Father's Day. We're uh, so excited that you've chosen to come. And at the end of the service, for every man who's here, make sure you go to one of the four X's because we have a very special gift for you. And I hope that you will, will make sure and pick it up. Um, I think of Father's Day. My, my dad's been gone almost 40 years. It'll be uh, 40 years this coming December. But I never forget the things that he taught me. And I'll never forget the day that he baptized me. And I'll never forget the day as a dad that I baptized my two daughters, the various days that they were there. It is a special blessing. And I never forget what uh, Joshua said, is for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. And so as men, we are to serve the Lord. We want to honor you today and thank you for your faithfulness. Um, 
I wonder if you might uh, do me a favor. If you're a guest for the very first time and you've not ever filled out a guest card, we'd love for you to take the card that's in the pew in front of you, fill it out its entirety. When you leave, the offering boxes are at the four exits. So guys, when you pick up, when you pick up that uh, special gift, make sure that you drop that uh, guest card in that box that's at that exit. Would you join me in prayer? And then we're going to continue to sing because, um, well, because we can, right? <laughs> and because the Lord deserves that. Uh, I did forget one thing, our special speakers. I wanted to introduce them now so that uh, later in the service uh, they would be able to just come right up. It's good to have uh, Todd and Katie Miller and their kids. Uh, these are the best best looking kids I've ever seen. And they're not really kids, they're young adults now. They were kids in 2019 when they were here. Now they're young adults and we're so excited that they are with us. They are part of our, uh, I think around 30, I think Monty said 4,700 international missionaries now. Um, and uh, they are in Eastern Thailand. They have been missionaries with our International Mission Board uh, since 2015. Uh, they were in Southeast Asia, they're in Eastern uh, Thailand now, and I'm so excited that they're here for a period of time, I think this summer. Uh, uh, they're going to be speaking already, have spoken in churches and speaking in churches this summer, just talking about the mission adventures and what God's doing in the various places they are. So we're honored to have you and we look forward to, uh, to the presentation that you have. Uh, the difficult thing for them this summer is that uh, when they leave to go back, uh, they're going to be leaving one of their own. Their oldest daughter is going to be starting Grand Canyon University right here and they're going to leave her and go all the way back to Thailand. Hmm. Are you excited? Of course you are. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, we, uh, we pray for y'all every single week. We, we have a list of the missionaries that we have contact with, and y'all are prayed for consistently. So we look forward to, uh, Todd, when you come up and, and make your presentation. Uh, let's pray together and then continue our time of worship. Father, thank you for the opportunity and the time that you have given us. We are so excited to be able to join together as the body of Christ, to lift up our voices, uh, Father, to, uh, to celebrate uh, uh, Father's Day and to celebrate men and the leadership that they've given. And Father, I pray that uh, all of us today, as we hear what God is doing in, in Thailand, doing through the, the Miller's service, as servants of you, the Most High God, that, Father, it would stir us to look around where we are and to understand that we can be uh, servants right here. We can be missionaries sharing the light or compassionate care right here where we are. And I pray, God, that you will speak to us through the power of your Spirit. We anticipate and we prepare ourselves for your word. And, God, for the challenge. And I pray in the invitation time that we will respond to that challenge. And today, Father, right now, as we lift up our voices, this is our song to you and to only you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Would you stand as we sing together, All Hail King Jesus, All Hail Emmanuel. Would you stand?
church please bow your heads and pray with me for a moment dear Lord we come to you on this Sunday with tremendous thanks in our hearts we are so lucky to be able to worship you to praise you to know that you're there anytime we need you we simply bow our heads for a moment and pray and there you are and on this special Sunday that we call Father's Day, we'd like to recognize all the fathers here, the grandfathers, the great-grandfathers, for the sacrifices they have made throughout their lives in raising the generations to come. But you had made the greatest sacrifice as a father of all, the father and creator of the universe, and the father who gave us Jesus Christ, your son, for the sole purpose of giving his life for our sins that we may have eternal life when we're done on this earth. We ask that you pay attention to all of those brief requests that I have made today, and we ask them in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, how long do you think it'll take? Have a seat and we'll get to you as soon as we can. Thanks. Excuse me. 
Hey, sweetie. Do you have Mom's iPad again? She said I could. Oh, she did, did she? Shh. She's in the bathroom. Very soon. Daddy has a flat tire. Our tire supposed to be fat. No, silly. Not not fat. Flat. Daddy has. Look a at my drawing. I drew all the animals who knows art, Daddy. But I pretended like it was our family going on the ark. Daddy, me, mommy, and Madison. Can you see it, Daddy? Yes, yes. You did a very good job. Hey, sweetie, why is Daddy on a boat with a referee? That's a zebra, Daddy. Oh yes. Now I see. Keep us safe, like you do at home. Hey, Daddy, when you get home, you and I are going to play tea, and I'm going to be the princess. Yes, you are. Hey, what's Daddy going to be? You're going to be the hero, Daddy. You're always my hero. Well. <gasps> Mom is coming. I'm coming. Love you, Daddy. Bye. Love you too. They'll know we are Christians by our love. Let's sing. We are one in the Spirit. We are one in the Lord. We are one in the Spirit. We are one in the Lord. And we pray. Spirit who makes us one 
I love thee. Would you stand as we sing together? Out in the highways and byways of life, many are weary and sad. Carry the sunshine where darkness is right, making the sorrowing glad. Make me a blessing. Make me
It's always a blessing to praise God through the music. Thank you for that good last song we sang together. I don't get to sing very often. I haven't been able to do so because of having a problem with my shoulder, but that's getting better all the time, and I'm grateful to be here. Sharing God's blessings out of an old song, a couple of old songs. Sometimes when my faith would falter, no sunlight I can see. I just lift my eyes to Jesus, and I whisper, pilot me. Fear thou not, for I'll be with thee. I will still thy pilot be. tossing bellows take my hand and trust in me often when my soul is weary and the days seem oh so Just lift up to my pilot, and I hear his blessed song. Fear thou not, for I be with thee. I will still thy pilot be. tossing bellows take my hand and trust in me precious Lord take my hand lead me on help me stand I am tired, I am weak, I am worn. Through the storm, through the night, lead me on to the light. Take my hand, precious Lord. Lead me home. When my way grows 
drear. Precious Lord, linger near when my life is almost gone. Hear my cry, hear my call, hold my hand lest I Take my hand, precious Lord, lead me home. Fear thou not, for I be with thee. I will still thy pilot be. Tossing billows, take my hand and trust in me. Good morning. Praise the Lord for the worship, the music, uh, the praise that we've been able to give to our great God and Father. This morning, Pinong Tirak Pom Yaktakapkun Patao, Prawa Pom Yogati Matini, Tita Tesanak Yogap, Sing Tipa Jao Gamlang Tamyan Nai, Chiwikong Lao, Let Mungtai. Brothers and sisters, it's nice to be with you this morning to get a chance to share what God is doing, the work God is doing in our lives and in the uh, country of Thailand. And so uh, we are here just a short time, actually. In the States, this is a, a short visit for us. It, uh, it actually wasn't supposed to be as long as we were here last time. About three years ago, we were here uh, at this church. We thought we were gonna be here about six months, and then, you know, that, that C word hit, and it kept us here another uh, seven, so we were here a bit longer. Well, we are actually just here this summer, seven weeks, and I think we're on week three already, so we got about four more uh, till we go back, and like the pastor said, we're going to uh, leave one. We're coming home with six plane tickets and heading back with only five, uh, but we um, are so grateful to be here at this church this morning. We, Because our time was short, we didn't have an opportunity to be at every, every church you know, in the valley that we would have loved to have been in, but your church contacted us. And we said, we want to be at the churches that have kept most contact with us the last uh, three years we've been uh, overseas. And so thank you for, again, inviting us to come and share about what God is doing uh, in, our, in our ministry uh, in Thailand and uh, in our hearts. Because this last uh, three years for us has been a lot of speaking with God in our hearts um, and how God is shaping us. And so... I want you to know that we're, we are IMB missionaries. Uh, your church uh, supports us, so we're your missionaries. Our home church is First Southern Baptist Scottsdale. I served there for 13 years on staff. Uh, but 
the Southern Baptist churches, you know, join together and send missionaries. And so while we may have called First Southern Baptist Church and even Willow Hills up in Prescott our home churches at times, uh, you, we are certainly your missionaries sent and wanting to come back and share the good things that God has done. In fact, the good things that God has done, in fact, are not our stories. They're the stories that, that you sent us to go find, to go be a part of. So they're your stories as well, and we do want to share with you this morning uh, about those. And so uh, I have, I think, a slide that'll show the relationship between the, the United States and the country that we live in. You may be very familiar with uh, Thailand, but before I moved there, I was not. I couldn't have found it on a map, to be quite honest with you. But you can see the United States, and there's the flag, a little one, if you can see, I'll try to put it over Arizona. And way across over in Asia, mainland, in the mainland, is the country of Thailand. Not to be confused with the country of Taiwan, which you probably have heard in the news a bit lately uh, because of some of the geopolitics in that area. But uh, our, our city is up in the, in the north part uh, of Thailand. Uh, we live up in the mountains. You may have seen uh, some of the beaches there. I think the next slide will show uh, a little bit more. There's the little flag up in the, up in the top there where we're at. Uh, we, down, down in the bottom where all that blue stuff is, that water, that's those beautiful blue beaches, but we live up, uh, way up in the mountains, at the base of Mountain Sutep, uh, and we minister, our, our city is about a million people, uh, Thailand, and uh, is only less than 1% Christian, uh, so very unreached, 95% are Buddhists, and there's a little mixture of others in there, so we minister among uh, Buddhist people, for sure. We have, are planting a church with a Thai pastor, and you'll see him in just a minute, uh, a great man of God. Uh, there's just about 35 in church on Sunday morning. They had their church service about uh, 12 hours ago or so. That's the, the time difference approximately from here to there. Uh, and we worship the Lord just the same as you do here. He is our God there, uh, our one and only Savior, the only hope that we have for this life and uh, salvation to be with him forever and eternity. And we worship him, uh, our about 35 members uh, raise his name as you have and we have this morning. I want to tell you a little about uh, this journey in our life, um, this journey that has been the last uh, three years or so in Thailand. When we left here, we actually went and we quarantined uh, in Bangkok for 14 nights in a hotel. That was the cost of re-entry into our country of service. <clears throat> we were actually quarantining over Christmas 2020. Uh, we brought, we tried to think ahead and pack some Christmas presents, and so Christmas morning we woke up in a hotel and tried to have, you know, make the best of what we could do there. Uh, and I would say that Thailand, uh, we have, as far as uh, um, the pandemic was concerned, we were probably 18 months to, a year to 18 months behind what it's been here. So as it's tapered off here, it took us about 18 months more uh, to sort of come out of the weeds. And so for us this, this time uh, in Thailand, it's been a lot of relying on the Lord in prayer. Many of the ministry efforts that we had hoped to pursue were simply closed. People up in the mountains where we live couldn't come out of their villages. The, the village leader said, if you, if you leave, don't come back till this thing's over because you'll just bring whatever it is back. And they're very fearful. Uh, Buddhists live very fearful lives, in fact, and so um, 
I would like for us to look at a, a passage of scripture I'm fairly sure, as if you've been a Christian for a, even a short amount of time, you've probably heard. But I, wanted, I want us to look at that passage of scripture in context this morning. Not that we take it out of context or this church or, or, or your thinking, but just sometimes we forget what's on either side of this passage of scripture. And so God's work in Thailand has been very much a work of prayer in our lives. The passage of scripture I'd like for us to look at this morning is Jeremiah 29, 10 through 13, or 14, excuse me. And if I, I grabbed a pew Bible, and I think that's on page 1220. If you uh, have one, one of these that you'd like to look at, I think it's also on the screen. Now, uh, if we could go back one slide, actually, forgive me for that. Uh, this is the passage of Scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11. Now, I think we've heard many times, and we have held to the promise of God. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. Sometimes we forget that that passage of Scripture, where it lies in its context. And so the next slide will show us just the, the context of where that's at. And I'll just read before and after. It says, this is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to, uh, come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you uh, back to this place. And then it's Jeremiah uh, 29, 11, as we just read. And, and then after that, he says, then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. Another pa uh, common passage of scripture that we uh, may have uh, claimed in our lives. And I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to captivity. And so you can see in verse 10 that there is a 70 years of something going on, and even in verse 13, to bring you back out of captivity. And so often we look at this scripture and we say, well, God knows the plans he has for us, and God certainly does. The interesting thing that we see here is, and if you'll read verse, uh, chapter 28 in, in Jeremiah, You'll see that the, 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 um, Jew, the uh, nation of Israel are captive by the Babylonians. They've been actually spread out. They've been, been displaced. And they're in the middle of a lot of hardship in their life. It wasn't an easy place. It wasn't necessarily the place, like maybe my daughter stands, just before going to college thinking, okay, I'm about to walk into a new university, and God knows the plans he has for me. That is, of course, the, the truth. But this situation is... <clears throat> these people of God being in hardship and seeing and not being able to see the future in front of them. What is God going to do? What is, what is happening? We're in this, we've been displaced. We've been, we were in slavery to Egypt and, and, and the Babylonians, and now we've been displaced. And, and what's happening? God says, listen, I am your God. I know the plans that I have. And when you see the manifestation of those plans, you will come to me and you will pray and you will, um, you will call on me, and I will listen to you. And so I praise the Lord that while we have uh, very many times had to call upon the Lord uh, in the situations that we've been in in Thailand over the last number of years, that God is a God who wants us to call on him as our Lord. And we did that. And I and for you today, what, the place that you find yourself in may be different than us, probably certainly different than uh, this passage of Scripture where we find ourselves today. God wants you to call on him as your Lord. He wants you to come to him and seek his presence in his will, being in the Lord's presence for 
the infilling that God gives us uh, daily and for, his, for our needs. And then he wants us to pray the needs that we have for him to come and work miraculously to resolve the circumstances that we find ourselves in. And his promise here is that he will listen. Not in such a way that he will say, oh, okay, I heard you. I mean, I listened. Have a good day. But this is a listening that says you will see the blessings that I will have for you because you have come and pleaded and been in my presence and been in, in, been a, um, come to me in accordance to my, of my will. And I know the plans that I have for you. Though you can't maybe see it out of the situation you're in, I know the plans that I have for you. And so we rest in the promises of God in that way in our lives. You know, uh, here is one of the things I'd like to share with you that we have learned, particularly this term, is that prayer is hard work, and it is the hard work. We are so capable as men, women, Americans, uh, we, we do things, we get it done, we have a lot of grit, and we can just go out and we can do things. Unfortunately, that puts us in the driver's seat. It says, I'll do this. Lord, I'm inviting you to come, but we're going. You know, sometimes that's how we think. We think this is what we want to do. It's more difficult when we say, I'm not going unless God tells me to go. That, that thing is what God wants. I want God to direct that thing in my life. Sometimes this is how I um, characterize this with my colleagues or friends as we're talking. I'll say, let's talk about the times that we pray and ask God to work in our lives or what are the times that we pray when we're not sort of required to? You know, as Christians, we're sort of required to pray before each meal. You know, that's just what we do, right? And if the pastor says, hey, Todd, would you come up and pray and close the sermon out? Well, you know, we're kind of required to. We, and, and I imagine that just about everybody in this room could probably walk up and, and give any one of those types of prayers, right? But what about the prayers that we're not required to pray? The ones when we're sitting at home and, uh, in the morning or in the evening, uh, the times when we just need to pray. That's the work of God in his presence. That's us saying, Lord, I want you. I don't have to pray. It's, there's not a meal waiting on me. Someone hasn't said, hey, Todd, just, we're done with Bible study. Would you pray now? Uh, those are the times when we say, I want the Lord in my life. And so I want to tell you about a, a girl named Gang. We, when the last time that we were here, what you probably didn't know, I don't believe I shared it with you, is we were praying. When we returned to Thailand, what do we do with our village ministry work? We had been to these villages where we had not seen believers for such a long time. And they, this is the exact scenario. This is one of the pictures of the villages. I'm standing behind the camera there taking this photo. Every week we would go out, we'd spread out tarps, we'd sit in the ground, and we would share chronologically the stories about God and then Jesus, his uh, death, burial, and resurrection return. And very little, uh, very little movement, gospel advance, so to speak, in this, in this regard. And we were praying, Lord, it's so, it's, it's tough, it's hot, it's dirty. It, do you want us to keep doing this? Have we, have we been there enough? And uh, we were praying, God, would you maybe open a new door? open another village where we could go. And sure enough, right as we, when we returned uh, to our, our city, my pastor, who I am very close with, came and said, Todd, we have an opportunity to go to a new place. And, and we continued to go to these villages as well, the ones that we were working in. And he said, we, there's a new one. And we went to that village, and there was a girl named Gang, uh, who you'll see here. She uh, and her brother came out of their room 
and uh, out of their sort of little shanty, their home, and they said, we have been listening to a Christian preacher in Thai on Facebook, and we want to accept Christ. We want to receive faith in Jesus. And of course, you know, some of us, well, which preacher have you been listening to? You know, first of all, okay. And, and I said, we said, well, who is Jesus? Jesus is the Son of God. He died on the cross to save me of my sins. I said, okay. Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus? She said, yes, we've committed our lives to Jesus. We, we, uh, my, she said, my parents are Buddhists, but we never want to be Buddhists again. We want to follow Jesus. And so we spent 10 weeks taking them through what we would call pre-baptism classes. These are sort of assurance of salvation, making sure they knew who God is, who Christ is, who the Holy Spirit is, uh, what salvation is, what does repentance mean, etc. And this is a picture of my daughter standing next to this gal named Gang. They're approximately the same age. Uh, there's a pool behind them, you might notice, and uh, you may not be able to tell, but Gang is soaking wet. She had just uh, come out of the baptismal uh, there, oops, uh, the pool there. And then to, this is my pastor all the way in the tie, uh, excuse me, I think it's probably this way for you all. All the, in the tie, he baptized these two others that came to faith while Gang and her uh, brother decided to come to faith. It was an exciting time in ministry at that camp. So hard we prayed, God, you continue to want us to go here. We just don't seem to be seeing a lot of fruit from this area. And then God continued to open up as, as he did here. Praise the Lord for what God is doing. God answered your prayers. God called us and God answered our prayers, but God answered your prayers, just like your pastor said. You pray for your missionaries, and we know that you pray for us. I promise you, brothers and sisters, we know that you pray for us because there are days that are very difficult living in that country, living among uh, those people. The people that we have come to love, the Thai people we've come to love, but very different than what we were used to, what we grew up with here. And so God has answered uh, your prayers as well um, because you've prayed for us and you've asked God to send missionaries and some have said we'll go. And so we are grateful for that. I want to share with you a couple of uh, stories here and then I'm going to ask, I'm going to call you to something this morning in conclusion. We uh, often, I've told you this has been a time of prayer for us. We have prayed more in the last three years, I think, than probably the many, many before that. We realized that if God was going to do it, he was going to do it through prayer. And so this is an area of our city where we would walk through and we would pray. Every Sunday after our small Thai church is finished and we eat lunch together every week, then we go and we go down into the city and begin to pray that God would open the eyes and hearts of Buddhists. And when we're there, sometimes we see people who will stop and talk to us and we will share with them uh, as much as we can, uh, just casually along the way, um, and share with them about Jesus. And little by little, they come to know who Jesus is. Uh, maybe they'll meet someone else who share a little more and a little more. We seek to help people understand who Jesus is. My wife, you may know or you may not know, she has started the first crisis pregnancy center uh, in northern Thailand, uh, only being able to identify maybe a couple other crisis pregnancy centers or centers like hers throughout the whole country. Unfortunately, we have had, uh, we have had, um, Katie, I'm forgetting the name of the organization, the other one. Uh, no, uh, sorry, the, um, the one that we don't support. Planned Parenthood, excuse me. We've had Planned Parenthood in Thailand for quite some time, but we have not had an alternative in our city. 
And so this is uh, Baby Beauty. I should be having my wife share this, but for sake of time, or I'll just share. Uh, Baby Beauty, this is one of the ladies on my wife's care team. Over the last uh, about six years, they prayed and prayed very methodically that God would put together and put on the hearts of women to come and help tie women in unplanned pregnancies. And uh, this is one of the people on Katie's team holding the baby. And this is Baby Beauty who was born. She had uh, one of her team members that they reached out to, came to, uh, one, excuse me, one of the young ladies who uh, was in a, uh, challenging situation. She came to faith and now she's joined uh, Katie's uh, team as they reach other women who are in crisis pregnancy. It's called the ELM team and it stands for Education, Life, and Mothers. And they just uh, about four, three months ago, uh, finally after many years of planning and preparation and translating materials and building their teams and training, they have um, rented a facility that will have a big beautiful sign uh, Christian ladies caring for uh, unplanned um, pregnancies and women in, in difficulty with the Elm Center out front. Praise the Lord that he has done uh, those very things. I work with uh, pastors uh, from up in the north and, and stretching over almost to the Burmese border. Uh, we help them with training. We help them with uh, supplies they need. This is one young leader who the building behind him is actually a place where when it's very expensive for people to stay overnight in, in the hospital, they will um, come to his place and stay a few extra nights before they end up going home. We provided some food and necessities for those who just got out of the hospital. I told you about our church plant. Uh, this is a small church uh, here as you guys were in Bible study earlier today. We gather around a table um, in the morning and we share the word of God together. And then we go downstairs and we worship uh, in regular worship. This is some of the people from our church. You again can see um, there about top center is our pastor, Pastor Goy, great man of God, graduating from seminary uh, with his master's degree uh, in October of this year. Praise the Lord for what he has done. We call on the name of our Lord, just as it says in, in, in Jeremiah. We want to come and be in his presence and seek his will for our lives. And we pray for the needs that only God can resolve in his situations. Because he's our God. He is the king of kings. He has all resources. If it can be done, it can be done because he has allowed it or done it. And so we thank our God for those promises. So here is my call. I want, to, I want to help you understand the region of the world that we live in a little better. And I want to call you to prayer in these next couple minutes. Uh, continual prayer. I want to help you to see ways in which you can... Uh, know our, the region that we minister in, not just Thailand, but the Asia-Pacific Rim, all the way from uh, Mongolia and Korea down to Indonesia and slightly beyond. These are some of the things that the people in our area face. And so I want to just kind of go through quickly and allow you to hear them and call you to pray uh, continually as you pray for the Millers in the future. So from the islands of unparalleled beauty to bustling city streets, to iridescent rice fields, the Asia-Pacific Rim, the region that we live in, is vibrant and full of contrasts. It stretches from Mongolia in the north to the South Pacific Islands. The countries it encompasses are a mosaic of immeasurable cultural and societal differences. Some people work long hours in offices tucked away in high-rises. Others rise before the sun to make a living farming and fishing. Some have never seen snow, while others have never known 
a winter without it. Some worship at temples and shrines, while others worship only at the altars of self-reliance and worldly successes. As you can see, it's quite diverse. Despite their differences, the people of the Asia-Pacific Rim have one core need in common. The vast majority of them have yet to meet the one true God. APAC, as we hyphenate the Asia-Pacific Rim, APAC is home to over two billion people, a quarter of the entire world's population. This includes approximately a thousand unreached people groups and approximately 500 unengaged people groups, people with no Bible, no church, no witness. Out of the estimated 47,000 people, uh, 47, I'm getting my number wrong. It's not 47,000, oh, sorry. Out of the estimated 47,000 people in the Asia Pacific Rim who die daily without knowing Christ, many have never even heard his name. But while statistics are helpful, they only give a bird's eye view. Let's come down to the ground level to what lostness really looks like in people's lives, the lives of the people we love and serve across APAC. Here are some of examples of that. We asked our leaders throughout the region to share what it's like living in their areas, and so you'll hear a number of different countries. Lostness looks like Muslims in Malaysia, quote, drowning while lifeguards are on duty, as one of my brothers puts it. They remain in spiritual darkness because their Christian neighbors fear being ostracized or arrested if they share the gospel with them. It looks like peering out of an airplane window over Korea at night and seeing the North swallowed in darkness as the South is flooded in light and knowing that that physical reality is all too reflective of the spiritual reality of the place we live. Is that not startling, brothers and sisters? Look at that. The freedom in the north of Korea and the absolute in the south, in the north. Lostness looks like unbroken cycles. Uh, sorry, in these regions, sharing your faith or giving your life to Christ is costly. It might even get you detained in a government-run religious concentration camp, also known as an Islamic rehabilitation center or sent to jail. So will you pray for these people? Lostness looks like unbroken cycles of violence and hate. It looks like 10 families of new believers in Myanmar forced at gunpoint to bow down to Buddhist monks. It looks like villages terrorized by soldiers stealing crops, raping women, and forcing children into military service. It looks like mothers and fathers powerless to stop the violence against their families. It looks like a pregnant mother in Cambodia murdered and her unborn baby discarded into a river to die, casualties of a village feud among a people group with no known gospel witness. Many of our people, uh, the people in our area are caught in these cycles and are dealing with heart-wrenching pain that scars for a lifetime. Will God ever leave me, asks new believers. Will those without any gospel, while those without any gospel witness wonder, is God even there? Will you pray for these people? Lostness looks like physical isolation. It looks like a Tibetan Buddhist who live in remote villages, so high in elevation, they're described as the roof of the world. They believe they'll have many lifetimes to balance out their karmic debt 
and so they die separated from Christ, just like a generation of their ancestors before them. It looks like islands in the South Pacific so remote that believers must travel hours by boat and motorcycle to reach even the tiniest of villages, all for a chance to share the gospel with these unreached people. They're often hungry and sick and exhausted and threatened, but they press on because they know if they give up, there is no believers going or coming to share. Goodbye, dear. God is with you. An indigenous pastor's pastor says to his wife as he is figuratively swallowed by the jungle for the next weeks while taking the gospel to unreached people. She, his wife, fasts and prays a portion of every day till he returns home. Will you pray for these people? Lostness looks like lives ensnared by idol worship and superstition. It looks like crowds of Cambodians who have come, who have come daily to bow, bow down before towering statues in ancestral worship, who they believe guard these statues guard their cities. They beg a lifeless idol for wealth and health and protection. It looks like global Chinese communities worshiping creation instead of the creator. They pursue worldly success at any cost. They're never satisfied. They pray to idols for favor and for, and for good luck, but none is found. They have strained marriages and strained and broken family relationships. So many across our region are weighed down by centuries of spiritual bondage in their cultures. Hardened hearts, shaming and social anxieties, link arms like the Great Wall, preventing them from breaking free. Will you pray for these people? Lostness looks like living in fear. It looks like Muslim men who cling to superstitions and wear rings from witch doctors to protect them from dangers that they believe are lurking around the corner. It looks like Indonesians who experience miraculous healing from Jesus and taste his peace, but who find the social and relational costs of leaving the old ways just too great. So they turn and run from him. We know amulets, tattoos, and religious trinkets are powerless but they are held in tight grip by people for hope and protection, happiness and luck. Will you pray for these people? Lostness looks like crushing poverty. It looks like migrant workers from every corner of our region leaving the comforts of their home to provide for their families, yet finding no welcome in their host countries. They're often exploited and abused. It looks like a red light district in Bangkok, Thailand, full of vulnerable women who took risks to build a better life and found themselves betrayed and trapped in slavery and prostitution. The often forgotten. Will you pray for these people? Lostness looks like empty wealth. It looks like Japanese societies rich in worldly comforts, but impoverished in spirit, filled with millions of people who have abandoned, acts, who have abandoned their access to truth and seek out worldly wealth instead. It looks like generations of young South Koreans who have grown up cynical and cold to the gospel because they grew up watching predominant megachurch leaders fall into the temptations and corruptions. Will you pray for these people? Lostness looks like broken families. It looks like a Vietnamese cemetery full of aborted fetuses, many of whom were discarded simply because they were daughters instead of sons. 
It looks like young Mongolian boys who are sent out to Tibet to be into Buddhist monasteries where they are abused. Humanity's brokenness can often bring us to tears, but it should be an impetus to action. Will you pray for these people? These snapshots are a, but a drop in the bucket of the suffering and brokenness in our region. Lostness doesn't discriminate. It doesn't wait. For so many in this situation I've described, our chances is, are already gone. More than 47,000 people a day across our region will die without knowing Jesus and be lost forever. Let me put it another way. Across our affinity, there are over our region, there are over 2 billion people. There are, there are currently 97 million believers in that entire region. A little less than the population of the Philippines, which is there in yellow out in the ocean. If Christ were to come back today, Every other country, all its inhabitants, would be lost for an eternity. But we don't despair at this. We just get busy praying and asking God, the Lord of the harvest, the one who has always redeemed souls, opened eyes and hearts, called people unto his own. We ask God to work just as he worked in our lives one day, maybe many years ago, maybe not that many years ago, to open our hearts to him. As he called us into repentance and faith, we call on God to be with us in Thailand where we minister among our city and among our people. And as we see these types of lostness and suffering, to be the God that heals like he has healed us. Let me pray for us this morning. Lord Jesus, there is none like you and there never will be. You are all that we have. You're the only hope in this world for peace, for salvation, for redemption, for a right relationship with God. Lord, there is no other way. Lord, I do pray for those 95% of Buddhists in Thailand, those among who we serve, God, that you would open their hearts, that we would be faithful witnesses, that we would be faithful to share the word of God, the truth of God's word, to help make disciples, to grow the healthy church, to be faithful to what, we, what those in this room have called us to as missionaries who support us to do each and every day. Lord, I thank you for being our God. I thank you for your son, Jesus, who saved me and who has saved us of our sins. We are sons and daughters of the King of Kings. Lord, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that's quite, a, quite an eye-opener. Uh, Todd, thank you very much. We live a long ways from the Pacific Rim. But we're challenged today to pray for that area and to pray for that region, to pray for our missionaries, uh, to pray for them on an ongoing basis. But even though we don't uh, know probably anybody in those countries or many of those countries, we can pray for the, for the lost. God knows we can commit ourselves to be even more engaged in fervent prayer.
And so the challenge I think that, uh, that Todd has given us is to pray for all of these different groups. The lostness, the stark reality of, uh, of the difference between North Korea and South Korea is just stunning. So this morning, in the invitation, the challenge is for you to commit to pray more fervently for the lost, for those that are sharing the gospel with them, and to be more attuned in our area, our mission field, that we pray for those that God brings on our path in our neighborhoods to get to know them, to share with them, to be the light. And if there's anything that, that you need to do in your own life to make the adjustment to be where God wants you to be, to be able to share the good news, to have that compassionate care, because the high majority of people in Sun City West and in our region are lost. But to have that sensitivity to say, God, I'm just not as sensitive. I'm always driven to, to what I want to do and what's on my list today. But help me to be attuned to the people around me where they need help and how I can minister to them. Whatever adjustments, I would encourage you to make those in the pew and in a moment when you're standing, as you're singing, just ask God, commit to him that you want to make those adjustments. And this morning, if you don't have a relationship with, with Jesus Christ, we invite you to come and allow him to be the Savior and Lord of your life. Today, if it is a day that, uh, that you feel God wanting you to come and be a part of this fellowship as we reach out into our community and be the church, we invite you to come. Please, let's stand and sing our invitation hymn. All to Jesus I surrender, all to him I Go ahead and be seated if you would. And thank you so much for being here today. Uh, Todd, Katie, family, we just thank you for being here. Uh, if you want to ask any questions, they'll be around for a few minutes before they head out to lunch. Uh, maybe not one or two o'clock in the afternoon, but, uh, but if you have any, that would be great. They'd be here. That's, uh, when, when, you, when you give to the church, when you give your tithe to the church, there's a portion of that that goes to the cooperative program. 
And a portion of that goes to the International Mission Board, which helps to support our missionaries. And during the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, 100% of the funds that we give, I think last year we were over 22, 23,000, I think, 24,000, uh, which is a great number for, for us. But 100% of those funds go and, uh, and help our missionaries do the work that they are doing. So uh, it's good to get those reports and to really see what's going on. And uh, not, how many of you are going to Thailand this year? <laughs> okay, all right. So you have the armchair now and you know how to pray and how to be engaged. And uh, we appreciate y'all bringing that to life for us. Ms. Nancy? On Thursday at one o'clock is our movie matinee for the month of June. The title is No Vacancy. Notice that that's the title. That doesn't mean there's no vacancy for you not to come. But if you are planning to have lunch, we do need you to sign up today in either the small lobby or the main lobby indicating that you're coming for lunch. There's a cost of $5, which you will pay at 1230 when you come on Thursday. In your bulletin, there was an insert. I encourage you to take this and continue praying. I know that many of you have been but continue praying for the choir as we finalize preparation for our patriotic musical, which will be at 5 p.m. on Sunday, July the 2nd. There are additional folders or cards out on both tables in the lobbies if you would like to take some to neighbors and friends and invite them to come. After the musical, we will have an indoor hot dog picnic. So. Please feel free to come and invite your friends and neighbors to come and be a part of that as well. I encourage you to take your bulletin because there's other information there that you need to be aware of and there's always opportunities for you to serve. So take your bulletin. Ladies, if you would make your ways to the four exit doors as Trudy Williamson, who is co-team lead of our missions team, comes to lead us in our closing prayer as we all stand. Thank you. Pray with me, please. Father, we thank you on this Father's Day for a time of worship. In Matthew, you gave us the command to go and to spread the good news. We're to start with our neighborhood, with our town, with our state, with the United States and the world. Lord, most of us are at the age that we're not going into the world, but there are things that we can do. We can pray for our missionaries, both those serving at home and on the international field. We can support them with our tithes and our offerings and by helping with short-term mission projects. Thank you for giving us your only son, who in turn gives us the promise of salvation and eternal life. We ask that you put somebody in our path this week that needs to hear the good news. And Father, we ask that we'll be the one to step up and share. Lord, we ask all of these things in your name, amen.